now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. I'd like us to focus on the very essence of the prayer. And as we look at the prayer, no doubt the Holy Spirit is leading her to pray. And she's praying from her heart because she's seeking God with humility. And she's seeking to glorify Him. And from this prayer, God will teach us some of those fundamental principles that we all have to have in our prayer relationship with God. So let's come before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And we ask God that you bless us, O Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you have preserved your word that we have it today. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in our hearts and bringing to light your truth, dear God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to begin, before looking at Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. I want us to look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. On your own, you can read from verses 23 to 31, but I would like us to focus on verses 31. And verse 31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever we do in life, that's how, that should be our heart. That should be our attitude. That should be the reason why we're doing what we're doing. How to get there? We have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to get there. We really have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Because remember, the flesh is fighting a battle against the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is also battling that flesh and their enemies. But the Holy Spirit is inside of us, and greater is he who is in us than he who is within the world. So you have to ask yourself this question, and I have to ask myself this question. Am I glorifying God when I make a certain decision? Am I glorifying God the way I pray? We must ask ourselves that question. And then I encourage you to let us be honest about it. We must be honest about it. It cannot be just a quick thought. It has to be with this a heart of sincerity. 
And God promises that when we ask for his spirit, he promises that he will give abundantly. God says, if a son asks his father for food, surely the father will provide. How much more God says, Jesus says, if you ask of my, for my spirit leading. He would lead us, saints. Reality is that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That is not some kind of abstract concept. That is a reality. We had nothing to do with that sealing. God is the one who seals it. The Holy Spirit is a seal. And we are the ones that have been sealed. But we do have a responsibility when we ask God to fill us with the Spirit. Now, I'm laying this foundation because, remember, it is all about glorifying God. It is a heart that starts off by saying, God, my heart desire is to glorify you. In everything. If the young people can learn this lesson, if they can learn this lesson before they get married, before they get married, but in order for them to learn it, they have to be taught. God has to give them that breakthrough. Oh, dear God, let me glorify you, Father. What a blessing. What a turnaround it will be. If we can grasp this as we think about career and what is God's will for my life. God will bless us. As I said, I'm not going to go back into the history of, of Hannah's history and the time and the geography and uh, the, her circumstances and, and all of that. But I have to say this. In order for us to understand this, Hannah was in a predicament where she was suffering Emotionally, she was suffering. Psychologically, she was suffering. And she was in a place where only God could move. Only God could answer her prayers. Even her husband did not understand her. He did not. He could not understand why her heart was in such Grief. He couldn't. And he asked her that. He says, why are you in grief like that? And in life, listen, in life when we go through different situations, other people may not understand your grief, but God can. Are we following this? God can understand your grief. And yes, it is good to share our grief with other people, other Christians, responsible people. So that they can, God can use them to
to encourage us. It's always good to have that relationship within the body of Christ. That's healthy. But the point is, even if we share our grief with others, our grief is our grief. So let's look at this precious, precious child of God. And we'll begin with verses 9. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting at the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. Sometimes grief can be so real it can paralyze the soul. Sometimes it can be so much, so real, that it can affect us physically, even psychologically. Sometimes we can't even think clear, can't sleep. Sometimes we can get ourselves so entrapped, locked in within. Her soul itself was in grief. But look at what happened. And prayed to Yahweh. She prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. God knows our weeping. He understands our weeping. But the Lord help us and help me to see here is this. Listen, saints. Hannah came to the place where she recognized that her help comes from the Lord. Are you following that? Yes. When the pain is so real, but we get to the place where we say, oh dear God, the Holy Spirit will get us there, where we will see that our help comes from God. That's God at work. And he is always doing that with each and every one of us. Observe, she had to separate herself from the crowd, didn't she? There's no difference today. Want to speak with God, want to speak with our Savior, the Holy Spirit in us. When all the eating done, all the feasting, you separate yourself and hear from God. For help comes from God. And God continues to teach me this. At times when I'm in so much pain that it paralyzes me, the Holy Spirit reminds me, remember that your help comes from God. This is why David said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And then he asked this question, from where does my help come from? 
And then he answers it. My help comes from the Lord. So Hannah recognized that her help comes from God. She prayed unto God. She prayed to God. Listen, saying that was not some type of, you know, the type of, I pray these things in Jesus' name, quick prayer. She's in anguish. She comes to the place, God, only you understand my suffering. And I'm turning to you. It's a good place to be. It's the best place to be. Secondly, look at her circumstances. She wept in anguish. She wept in anguish. The deeper her trouble, the more fervent her prayer. And that's the same thing with us. The deeper our trouble, it's the more fervent or prayer life. That's where we best learn to call on God. When it's hurting. When it's in pain. It is in that weeping that she's crying out to God. And God wants us today, his children, to experience that. Verses 11. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. She made her vow. Listen, saints. God wants us to make our vows. God wants us to make our vows. Can we make vows today? Yes. If Hannah can do it, and all of the saints, they experience this during Old Testament times, how much more we who have a relationship with God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit is inside of us. But we have to understand this vow. We have to understand what it is. What then is this vow? In its very simplest, simplest form, the simplest explanation is this. A promise to God That's it. Make a promise to God. Don't be afraid to make a promise to God. Make a promise to him. And that's what she's doing. When we pray, you make a promise to God. And then you ask the Holy Spirit to help you to keep it. Don't be afraid to make a promise to God. Make a promise to God. 
Back in 1982, I made a promise to God. I was so confused about life and purpose. Doing evangelism, doing other things, and I prayed for hours every day. Because my spirit was so disturbed. And God is orchestrating all of this because he got me to the place where I made a promise to God. Father, you straighten out all this that is happening inside of me, dear God, and give me a clear direction. I promise you that for the rest of my life, I will never go back on my own. I'm going to surrender all careers. I'm going to surrender everything, dear God. And the Holy Spirit said to me, leave everything. Leave everything that you have. Leave your job. Leave your new car. Leave your intent to buy a brand new house. I want you to leave everything. And trust me. And I'll take you to a place, even another country, where you have to trust me completely. And I made a promise to God. I will never look back. And I've come to experience the Holy Spirit strengthen me to help me to keep that promise. Oh, God is our Heavenly Father. Stop. We don't want to treat him as though he's not. He understands us. When I get to heaven, no more promises. It's done. Right? Here is where you make a promise to God. Men and women, boys and girls, to understand this. Make a promise to God. That's what his spirit, that's how his spirit is leading us. When you make a promise to God and it's pertaining to God's business, God's way, listen, all this wishy-washy, up, down, down, up, down, up, it's done. It's gone. It's you and God. You make a promise to God, it's not somebody making it for you. It's you and God. what Paul says to Timothy. You remember your calling. God says to us, you work out your salvation. God says, you remember my first love to the church and to each of us. I promise, has it been easy all the time? No. My wife is right here when you ask her. Because when the going gets tough, I'm weeping on her shoulders and it's tough. It's tough. The pastorate is a difficult ministry. It's a difficult vocation. It's a difficult calling. It's extremely difficult. You'd never know what it is until you experience it. I say to folks, to the young folks, don't get excited about being a pastor because there is some glamour. Make sure God has called you. 
Once God brought me to that place where I made that vow, there was no doubt in my mind that that's what God wants. Here is what happened. He removed my desire for everything else. That's what a promise does. Hannah's desire for everything else is gone. Her desire is just for that promise, that vow. That's what she is living for. She is living to give her son to God. So a promise, it's a, a vow is a promise. She acknowledges the sovereignty of God in this vow. Then she said, she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, when you make a promise to God, you are making a promise based on his sovereignty. Not ourselves, but his sovereignty. This is why we have this problem with marriages in our country. I'm not going to speak of the rest of the world. I can't. But I can speak about our country in the United States. We are more than 50% of Christians end up in divorce. That should never happen. Because before people get married, God's children, they have to acknowledge, God, you are sovereign. And I'm making this vow before you. Are you following this? And I'll go about it the proper way. I'll make sure the person is saved. I'll make sure, dear God, that I'm prepared. I'll make sure, dear God, that I'm in the center of your will. Now, when she says, the Lord of hosts, she's acknowledging the sovereignty of God. What is the meaning of Lord of hosts? When she says, Lord of hosts, Hannah understands this. God, Yahweh, you are all powerful. You are all powerful. She is still weeping now, but God, you are all powerful. We still have the trauma, whatever we are bringing before God. She also understood this, that God is Lord Almighty. He's the one fighting her battles. And she understands this. That he is the Lord of the heavenly armies. That's how we pray. That's her concept. That's what she understood concerning the sovereignty of God. And that's when we pray, it's the same thing. And when she says, O Lord of hosts, what she is saying is, dear God, in my promise, I am seeking to glorify you with my vow. Are you following that? She just did not say, God, here is my promise, but God, your Lord of hosts, so therefore I am glorifying you. We got that? Yes. We bring up prayers before God, and we're saying, God, you answer this your way, but Father, my heart is to glorify you. Within the very vow 
there is an intent to glorify God. Are we following what's happening here? It's not, oh dear God, when you answer this prayer, I promise you that I am going to glorify you. No. Father, with the very intent, the nature, the essence of my vow is to glorify you. That's what it is. To glorify God. Now, let's move on with her prayers. Look on the affliction of your maidservant. When she prayed, she prayed with humility. She prayed with humility. We must never ever when we pray say, Oh dear God, can you see how much I have achieved? Can you be moved to know how much you need me? It has to be, oh dear God. If I have to be placed in a category, I am just your servant. Because the instant we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, we are no longer glorifying him. And remember, this is, this is, being sincere before God, right? The worst thing we want to do is to fake our Christian life. Makes no sense, even so. So she humbled herself. And we learn that here. When we come before God, we say, God, I humble myself before you. I am not bringing anything, dear God, other than myself, and my dependence on you. I have to abide in you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me to abide in my Savior. For without him, I can do nothing. And next is this. And forget not your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. When we pray, we have to be very specific. Oh, I thought I knew this. After I got married, I saw it in my wife. She is very specific in her prayers. And she writes down those specific praying. When we first moved to Maryland, very specific prayer she prayed. And God just answered it exactly as she prayed. Matter of fact, when she told me, I said, that's a lot of detail. Think God will work it out, and he did. When we write down the specifics, the Holy Spirit will lead us to write it down and to have it clear and to be very specific. That's how God wants us to pray. Not the general, oh dear God, bless the whole earth. It's your situation, it's your pain, it's your suffering. And you're very specific. So she's praying, oh dear God. A male child. I guess someone could have come along and say, Hannah, why didn't you pray for twin? <laughs> why, why don't you just pray for any child, male or female? No, God. Are you following that? 
I'm not going to get in details of the significance of male child in the culture and so forth. I want us to focus on the specific aspect. You got that? Yes. As we have seen in this church, where God answers specific prayers, from the cutting of a tree to replacing our unit, our AC unit, to what we believe in God to repair the church house. Specific prayers. The Holy Spirit. We belong to Jesus. And God wants us to be very specific in our praying. Oh, thank God. Thank God for such prayer. How awesome. Thank God for such a prayer. She's glorifying God. The more specific our prayer is, the more then we see God at work. His hands at work. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. I'm not going to go in detail here and explain the Nazarite vow, but that's what that is all about. If you want to read that, you can go to Numbers chapter 6. However, listen, I want to speak here about what she did when we pray. What did she do with her blessing? What did Hannah do with her blessing? She took her blessing and she gave her blessing back to God. That's what we have to do. This is a vow. And today God is telling us to do the very same thing. When we make our promises to God, when we ask God for requests, we have to give it back to God. We give it back to God. We say, God, heal me of this illness. Heal me of cancer. Heal me of some disease. Heal me, God. Give me strength, Lord. Heal me from my arthritis and my diabetes. And Dear God, heal me. And when he gives us strength, we must give our bodies back to God. That's how we glorify him. If we don't, we let the devil steal. He steals the gift. All gift has to be given back to him. When our journey is over on this planet, whatever we do, the 30 plus years of being a pastor, you get to heaven and God says, well... For each and every one of us, here is your crown. We will not cling it. We will not embrace it. Scripture says we will place it back to our Lord Jesus. And that's in heaven. How much more on earth? You give the gift back to God. 
When a mother praying for a child, oh dear God, heal him. God, I'm giving him back to you. A wife that prays for a husband who is not saved, oh dear God, I'm praying, Father, by your word, because you said you'll sanctify the unbelieving husband by the believing wife. And Father, surely, dear God, as that happens, God, I give this back to you even more so. In every area of our being, we give it back to God. We think it through. We ask him to bless us. And the Holy Spirit will give us the grace to give it back to God. And that's how God is glorified. Humility and glorifying God. Whatever stronghold is in our hearts, whatever stronghold is in our lives, whatever the devil might be tormenting us with, Oh, dear God, deliver me from this. And he delivers us. Oh, dear God, Jesus, here, use me, God. Give. Give it to the Lord. Otherwise, we can find ourselves in the predicament where we are always getting in and coming out and never truly experiencing the deliverance. And then we can even take those situations and if our children grow up, we pass that same thing on to them. God wants us to walk with him and experience his Holy Spirit. Next week, by the grace of God, we will see what happens when Hannah did what she did. What happens? But it makes no sense for us to get there if we're not understanding what God is teaching us first to understand why she did what she did and how should we then, what should we do? I trust the Holy Spirit bless our hearts today Amen. from God's word. Don't let the devil steal it. Don't let him steal the word of God this morning. God kept it all this time and we have it today. Perhaps over 3,400 years and God and we have it today in all language. This amazing, amazing experience that this child of God had with God. And she pours her heart before God, no pretense. And she is weeping before God. For those who are listening, thank you for being part of what God has told us today because you choose to listening in and join us here at Suitland Road Baptist Church. But Jesus is your Savior. 
Jesus died for you because he loves you. He wants you to be in heaven. He wants you to be his child today. And he is asking only of one thing. That you embrace that by faith you receive him as your savior. You come to him and you accept him as your savior. And I'm not telling you about a religion. Because you may be listening from some other country where you have your own religion and your tradition, but I'm talking about Christianity, the love of Jesus, a person, the love of Jesus. Come to Jesus. For we who are here, saints, I trust the Holy Spirit spoke in your heart. Let God continue to do his work. Okay? How his spirit moved today. Open your heart. With whatever weeping. Whatever anguish is there. Just be honest before God. In conclusion. Going back to Hannah. Can we all see. How God has blessed. How God blessed this precious child of God. In her heart, the basis of everything Hannah said, that it rests, it rests on a desire to glorify God and how humble her spirit is. Just humility before God, honesty. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, dear God, thank you. You understand our anguish, our pain, our suffering, even better than we can. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, please teach us, dear God. Teach us, oh God, how to be humble before you. How to admit our weaknesses, our struggle, our pain, our anguish. And then teach us, O Holy Spirit, how to glorify our Savior, Christ Jesus, in whatever we do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank God for his word.